it's 11.16 p.m. Sunday night. 37 degrees out. According to my Kia Rio dashboard. I'm around the uh, Salem, Oregon area. Had a show uh, tonight in Cottage Grove, Oregon. Cottage Grove, gateway to Coburg. I don't know, it's near Eugene, Oregon. It was fine, I guess. Uh, they gave me a hotel room that I'm not using. It's about a three and a half hour drive home. And I usually try to keep three hours as my uh, distance that I would drive home after a show. Because uh, I'm elderly and I can't see at night. No, I can see at night. Although my eye doctor one time a few years ago during the exam goes, do you have trouble driving at night? And I go, no. And he was like, huh. And then didn't say anything else. been thinking about that ever since. It's like that old uh, comedian Brian Regan bit where his, his eye doctor tells him, did you know one of your eyes is bigger than the other one? And he's like, oh, is that bad? And he's like, no, I just thought you might want to be self-conscious about it for the rest of your life. I don't think doctors realize the power their words have. I don't know how much uh, bedside manner uh, they teach at medical school, but it ain't enough. Because doctors always say the weirdest shit. I mean, I do the joke sometimes. But it's true that when my doctor checked my prostate, he told me, wow, you are really tight. I mean, I didn't need to know that. I didn't go into my prostate check thinking, I wonder if the circumference of my anus is in the normal range of tightness. He could have said nothing. He could have said, looks good in there. what they're looking for. That's never been clear to me. I assume if they're sticking a finger up your ass, they're looking to feel something. I mean, isn't that what we're all doing as humans? Just looking to feel something. Just <laughs> sticking our fingers up the ass of the universe, wanting to feel something. Anyway, folks, it's a late night drive. We're getting reflective. Uh, the reason I'm driving home talking about the universe's asshole is uh, there's a sick kid at home and uh, I'm going to come home so I can uh, stay home with Olive in the morning and my wife can go to work I mean she could take a sick day but you know why do it if you don't have to and quite honestly, I'm gone so much uh, that if I am able to help out, I'm going to fucking do it. So, you know, a few months from now when I'm not able to do something that would help my wife out. But remember when I drove back from Cottage Grove, Oregon, late at night, because I'm a good husband and father... You remember. My daughter Maisie had the flu. Well, actually, Olive had a cold and Maisie had the flu. She stayed home for a while. Olive's cold got better and now she has the flu. Also, when I was on stage tonight, uh, a very weird stage where I was like in front of a, a 
glass window. Well, I mean, all, all windows are glass, I think. It wouldn't be like a wood window. That would be a wall. But it was a glass window. I basically, I felt like I was standing in an intersection in Cottage Grove, Oregon. I was like next to a stoplight on stage. But anyway, tonight on stage, I had a little tickle in my throat. I couldn't stop coughing. I'm like, okay, maybe it's my turn. Uh, but man, the it's uh, it's just a good old-fashioned flu. Remember the flu? It's like it's 2019 up in these schools. Uh, Christy, my wife, told me like something like 90 kids didn't go to school at all last week. I think at her school, and which is like way more than any COVID uh, outbreak ever prevented from going to the school. And I'm not a doctor. Uh, but I'll take a look at it. Uh, I'm not a doctor, but, uh, I mean, doesn't it seem like things like colds and flus and shit like that is, uh, just the fact that people didn't leave the house for a couple of years and now we did and all that shit just kind of wiping us out. Doesn't that kind of make sense? Like we're too, our immune systems might be, uh, a little weaker than they were in 2019. Am I dumb? There is a weird thing about, I mean, just the, uh, medical anxiety is all, you know, obviously it's a part of everyone's life. Uh, it's the thing that's going to kill you eventually, probably. Not the anxiety, I just mean the thing the anxiety is about. Something's going to kill you eventually. Hopefully as a very old person who's had a tremendous life. But, you know, something will kill you. So, uh, you know, obviously medical anxiety is just a part of life. But, like, since COVID, even things like the flu, where it's like... I remember when people were comparing COVID to the flu back in whatever, 2020, 2021. And I don't remember the numbers, but whatever the numbers were of how many people died from the flu, I was like, they do? Shit, that's a lot more than I realized. And obviously things are way better than they were in 2020, but there's still a little bit of that, depending how much you want to pay attention, there's still a little bit of that anxiety of like, you know, whatever. COVID, long COVID, the things COVID will do to you. Perhaps some people think it's the vaccines. Depends what uh, video you want to click on. And I say that as someone who's had all 12 vaccine boosters. I'm trying to go back to not thinking. I don't want to do my own research. Not that anyone really can. But like this latest, uh, the latest COVID booster, I just said to my doctor, I go, do you think I should get it? And he's like, yeah. It's actually probably better than the other ones because it actually has Omicron variant defenses built into it. So I'm like, that's what I'm going back to. My doctor said do it, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to listen to what my doctor says, then go online and decide he's full of shit. I can't live my life that way. But my point is, I feel like people are even reacting to the flu much more stressfully than they would have reacted pre-COVID. There's a flu outbreak! And you're like, well, yeah, I mean... <clears throat> I think we used to just say the flu's going around. I don't think we used the word outbreak for everything. Also, uh, my kids had flu vaccines and uh, they're not vaccines, or the flu shot. Is it a vaccine? I don't know. They had flu shots and a lot of fucking good that did. My understanding of the flu shot, uh, maybe it's not different from the vaccine, uh, the COVID vaccine. They're kind of trying to guess. 
They go, this is what we think the flu virus is going to be like this year. We talked to a fortune teller. And according to the tea leaves, uh, this is the kind of flu virus that's headed our way. So here's the... Here's a shot that's gonna help you not get it. And apparently, uh, didn't fucking matter. Because both my kids got it. And I have a tickle on my throat, which is even worse. Yeah, I think we've had a little trouble putting the old, uh, genie back in the bottle about, uh, health anxiety. And again, I'm not taking away, look, there's bad shit that happens. COVID kills people. All, all, all the stuff can give you heart problems apparently all the things that whatever time will tell but it doesn't do us a lot of fucking good to worry about it does it I follow a couple people on twitter that are real, uh, real hardcore, real vigilant about wearing masks, about not leaving their house still. Like, the kind of stuff that, like, if someone, a repair person comes over, they're like, they didn't have a mask on, I was freaking out. I'm like, oh, you're still there. You're still in, like, early 2020. And, like, part of, partly I get like, hey, it's good to not get COVID. I get that. Or the concept that uh, immunocompromised people, I think I said that right, it's not really a term anyone ever used that I heard before 2020, but immunocompromised people, people who would be more susceptible to COVID being really bad for them, I guess, uh, for the benefit of those people, we should all be wearing our N95 masks all the time. And I kind of get that concept. But also, we never did that before. Because if you're immunocompromised to COVID, you would also be immunocompromised to other things. Other viruses, other flus, other... And we never did that. There was never a public outcry of like... uh, There's a really bad flu strain this year. So, we should all wear a mask so some of uh, our sicker friends will be safe. I understand that's a nice, perhaps a heartfelt thing to think about the world, but that's really not what we've ever done before. So yeah, I kind of, the people who are still like super paranoid and super like, you guys are all crazy and people are still dying from COVID and it's making long problems and blah, 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 blah. I would say to them, uh, maybe you're right, but what do you want to do about it? We're trying to live lives here. The safest possible way to live your life has never been a very good way to live your life. Obviously, there's some balance, you know? Maybe you don't want to do heroin dipped in fentanyl. That seems really unsafe, but you were probably a lot safer never leaving your house in 2019, too, but you know... trying to live a life out here. Sometimes you get a tickle in your throat. It's probably monkeypox. It's like in, in school when they teach you sex ed. I don't know how they do it now, but back when I was in school, uh, the PE teacher would take time off from teaching us the finer points of how to rotate while you play volleyball to 
t-shirts about sex ed and it's all scary right but never like by the way kids feels good it's great you're gonna love it it's like here's a video of what STDs look like you know You think sex is cool? Well, wait till you watch this video uh, where you get to see spots on a penis. Like, it scares the fuck out of you. And even not the gross stuff, it's like, you might have a baby and that'll ruin your life. Here's another video. And then you go, you know what? The safest possible thing for the rest of my life is to probably never have sex. I could get a disease. I could make a baby. Hell, I could catch feelings for someone who doesn't have them for me from having sex. There's so, so many negative things that can happen from sex. Shame. For example. Embarrassment. But on a human fucking level, you also go like, yeah, I got to do it. There's a lot of bad things that could come from this, but I still got to do it. And that's life, you guys. You know, I'm not here to tell you to stick your finger in the butthole of the universe but a lot of bad shit can happen from life but you still gotta do it life is a highway I'm gonna drive it all night long until my nighttime vision gets bad enough that someone else will have to give me a ride I've uh, I started selling these lighters uh, if you're familiar with my act, I've been uh, at least I know, a couple years now. I've been opening with a joke about a lighter, and uh, I've often thought about selling lighters after a show. Actually, shout out to uh, my pal Casey McLean. He sent me a a link to it. Bic Bic will let you customize a lighter, and people are kind of buying them like crazy. I mean, they cost me about. 320 a lighter, 315 a lighter. So I have to sell them for 10 bucks, which is a lot for a lighter. But uh, anyway, people are buying them. They have my picture on them. It's silly. That's why I got into comedy, so people could look at my face while they lit up a joint. But I didn't realize this. I was looking uh, through my shipment of lighters that I got. And, you know, again, it's like through Bic, the lighter company, you can make a customized lighter. I got some, I got six lighters that were not mine. Uh, it was just, it was a bunch of pictures of a sexy lady in a bikini looking seductive. And then a few of them were like with a dude, uh, same dude. And, uh, you know what? That was pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting to get a bikini lady on, on a lighter. I hope she accidentally got my lighters and was like, who the fuck is this guy? It wasn't that. She wasn't nude or anything, but just like, I wasn't supposed to see it and that makes it hot. You know what I mean? Like accidental nudity. It's way more exciting than, like, porn on purpose. If you see a boob you're not supposed to see out in the world, out in public, out in real life, I don't know how that scenario would happen. Well, like, okay, my friend Juan Carlos lives in New York City. If you live in New York City, like, you can just watch the neighbors across the street do things 
And he was telling me there's been people across the street who just like walk around naked, have sex. Like they must kind of like people watching them. That's why they're doing it. That kind of thing. That's way more exciting than like, I'm going to watch a movie where people have sex. And so in a very small way, this bikini lighter was like uh, a nice little uh, tip from the universe. Hey, thanks, universe. Sorry I put my finger there. I was exploring. I'll never do it again. It was a nice little treat that I immediately threw in the garbage. Because what am I going to do with them? I can't keep six lighters in my house with this bikini lady on them. I can't sell them. I can't be like, there's a lighter with my face on it. Or, for half price, I'll give you this lighter with this lady on it. She's cute. One of the pictures, she was like laying with her boyfriend, and I believe she was like holding his hand and kissing it. And my pervert wife, when I showed it to her, I will say she was a lot less excited about the accidental almost nudity than I was. But still, she said, uh, she thought, she thought it was like a picture on a Bic lighter of a lady blowing a dude. That's what she thought it was. And I was like, that's his arm. That's the biggest dick in the world. If that's, I'm like, see, there's his face. It's his hand. My lady, I'm telling you, a sweet picture of a lady holding the hand and kissing the wrist of her lover. And my wife's like, is she sucking the world's giantest dick? And I was like, giantest isn't a word. I was thinking about COVID. I know it's not a fun topic, but... I was thinking about it because we're getting a little hindsight, not that it's over, you know, I get all that, but like lockdown time is over unless it's self-imposed or in China. But man, it really fucked us up as a society and I'm going to say as a country because this is the one I live in. There's the mental thing of like psychologically what it did to us you know uh, you know I have my wife is a uh, a behavior tech at an elementary school and like the kids are nuts the kids are crazy they're weird especially the young ones you know because they had a weird life for at least where where I live they had a weird life for like a year and a half and a long time, they were, like, not supposed to play with anyone or talk to anyone or leave their house or, you know, it was socially. The kids are very weird. People are very weird. You know, all that stuff. People are fighting on airplanes. People are yelling at employees of stores. There's that aspect that COVID fucked us up. The other aspect is, like, we just don't, it's not as nice a country now, in the sense that, like, labor shortages and, like, it's, and I don't fully understand how that works. I don't, I've never heard an explanation yeah, people died in COVID, but uh, mostly old people. I don't think many of them were in the workforce anyway. But it's like even things that aren't fast food where you're like, okay, maybe you, you had a job at McDonald's, you got a different one, and you don't want to go back. I get that. Things like, hey, I called my vet to make an appointment for our cat. They're like, hey, it's going to be a while. You know, we're understaffed. Why? Everywhere's understaffed. Also, we run out of things. My daughter takes ADHD medication. 
she has to switch medicines. They don't. They they ran out. They ran out of. I can't remember what it's called, but. Like, that's just not the kind of shit that used to happen on this frequent of basis. We're, baby formula. Sorry, everybody. We're out. Like, that shit just didn't used to happen. Or at least much less. So it's weird. You have a couple of weird fucking years. Everyone comes out of it weirder. And life is like a little... Don't get me wrong. I know it's like, you know the ease of life here uh, in the first world of America is still it's quite literally first world problems <coughs> oh, it's COVID but uh, yeah things are just generally shittier than they were in 2019 from people to things. We're not used to that in America. We're not used to like, I'm going to go buy a new car and then people going like, ah, we don't, we don't have a lot of them right now. Sorry. You're like, oh shit. Nothing makes me feel dumber than the labor shortage thing, though. I truly don't. I don't understand. Like, where did the people go who used to have the jobs that people don't have now? I don't understand it. You, maybe you have a different job than you used to, but you still have to have a job, right? Where'd they go? Every job, too. It's not, you know, it's not like, oh, we can't find Denny's waitresses. It's like, we can't find airline pilots. Like, what the fuck? Did the rapture happen and we didn't notice? Although, if I have to pick a pilot, I'd prefer to have a pilot who didn't believe in the afterlife. pilot who wants to keep this thing going here on earth as long as possible. I want a pilot who doesn't long any look at a mountain as he flies by. I can see at night, but I can't really think at night. Why am I talking about COVID? Jesus Christ, we haven't had enough COVID talk in the world? You want my uneducated, not even opinions? because I had that booster and it affected my brain. I really would like some time off from comedy. Uh, which, yeah, you know, I had a lot of time off in 2020. But I, for self-employed people, it's not unique to stand-up comedy. For self-employed people, it's like time off is a, a problem. I can't just go like... Like, if you got a job job that's not self-employed... Like my wife. You know? She's a paraeducator. She goes to work every day that there is school. She never has to say to herself, Ah, I already worked Monday through Thursday. Maybe I don't need to go in Friday. Because it's just her job. You just show up on the days you're supposed to work. A lot of jobs are like that. Most jobs are like that. You work at a warehouse. You work at a grocery store. Here's your shifts. 
the challenge of the self-employed is it's like when we stop working, partly we don't know when our next shift is. And uh, if we don't work, we don't make money. There's no, there's no uh, salaried aspect to what I do. There's no like, look, I might say, hey, I'm spending seven days in Vegas, so the next week I'm not going out of town. I'm not going to fly somewhere else. I'm going to do localish things. But that's still work. One of the things I said in my book that I wrote in 2020 that is scheduled to come out in 2150. One of the things I wrote in that book is uh, I would sum up my comedy career as I have never not needed $200. So I've been having these discussions with my wife because, uh, you know, I've been gone a lot. I've been working a lot. And I want to work less, and she really wants me to work less, because it's it's a lot. It's a lot to put on another person, and it's a lot to, uh, you know, we have, a, even if I'm not traveling more than I was five years ago, my wife didn't have a full-time job five years ago. My kids were younger. They didn't have so many activities. Like, it's just a harder, it's harder. I make more money than I used to. I've never, my wife asked me, she's like, what's the amount of money that you would be making in a month where you would feel like you, you wouldn't have to do anything else for the month? And I did not have a good answer to that. Look, if I if I was making twenty grand this month, and then someone said, "Hey, on Sunday, November twentieth, would you like to go to Cottage Grove, Oregon, for four hundred dollars?" I would be like, "No, I do not want to do that because I have twenty grand worth of shows in November. So why would I want to add that on a Sunday?" But it's not 20 grand. I don't know what it is. I haven't done the math. But it's like... Whatever. If it's... $6,400 instead of 6 grand. Or $7,400 instead of 7 grand. I don't know what it is. I haven't done the math. But then I go, yeah, I should. You know, the nature of how I make my money, it's so inconsistent that it's like, it's, it's, you know, it could be a Vegas week where I come home and feel like I have a lot of money, relatively speaking. But there's still many times because of the ups and downs and, waiting for checks and the way just the way it works where I'm like hey uh, before you do that Costco order wife of mine can we wait like two days because money's a little low right now but I have a gig like tomorrow and it would be better if we could wait like I still we look I'm fine everything's fine we're, my family needs for nothing we're extremely blessed It's not like that. It's not like, <clears throat> I'm not saying like, hey, when things get bad, we got to go to the food bank. It's, I'm not saying that. But it, it, it is that kind of life where like sometimes a bill is due and I'm like, not yet. I'll pay that when I get back from Vegas. So I don't, I don't have a life where I feel financially secure all the time. I don't, 
So it's really hard. It's really hard when someone says, I turned down a show this week. It was like on a Monday night in Portland next month, I think it was. Or maybe it was January. Yeah, it was in January. And I said, no. I had it open. It's a Monday. And I said, no. And it was so hard. It's just nothing, if that person's listening, nothing against your show, I don't know anything about it, but it it was just some dumb Portland bar show on a Monday night. But psychologically, it's so hard for me, I'm so focused on making money for my family and that scramble and that hustle to fill that calendar But it's, it's really hard. It's really hard for me to like have faith <laughs> to not say yes to a shitty gig because something better will come along. But I got to work on it. I got to work on it. And I said no to that Monday gig. And then I went to my wife like I had secretly gotten a master's degree behind her back. And I was like, just so you know, surprise, I said no to a Monday night show in January. And she was like, okay. And I was like, well, I wanted a little better reaction than that. But I had it open. I could have done it. But I'm trying to figure that out, man. It's not, it's really not easy. It's really not easy to balance, you know? And I know that's not unique to, there are some things that are unique about being a stand-up comic, but, you know, that's a self-employed problem, too. It's just like, whatever you paint houses you just you know if you're too busy you just keep saying yes because you feel like the money's not guaranteed you got to keep saying yes while the, while the while the iron's hot and then the next thing you know you're like swamped with painting houses I'm assuming I that's not my line of work I'm trying to reassess, you know, I'm trying to like prioritize the gigs I want to do and say no a little more and so in some ways the the Vegas gigs help because it's like a nice chunk of money I already have booked for a month way way down the road but in some ways it's more of a challenge because it's like there's more opportunity for me to overschedule. Uh, and also the, the economics of stand-up comedy are different and now than they were because of the cost of travel. I have a show in Tucson. Just a Friday, Saturday in Tucson, like next year, next March, I think. I looked at flights. I was like, $600? Shit. I didn't buy it. I guess I'm hoping they go down, but it's like, damn. That used to be... be a little more selective uh, for the good of my comedy life and the good of my fucking marriage, man. <laughs> the good of my family. I've been, look, stand-up comedy is so fucking fun. The experiences I've had are because I'm a stand-up comic, the experiences I've had compared to whatever a, quote, normal job would be are uh, incalculable. Not just the places I've been even, but just, yeah, that too. I've been to Pakistan. I've been to Dubai. I've been to 
Jordan and Saudi Arabia and Kuwait and, you know, so many Cottage Grove, Oregon. But even the experiences I've had in not perhaps exotic places, but just different cities and fun times and the people I've met and But if you want to know what a stand-up comic fantasizes about, uh, I have a lighter I can sell you. It's got boobs on it. No. If you want to know what I kind of daydream about, I dream of having a normal job. Do I want a normal job? No. But what I dream about is wanting one. (laughs) I just... I want to go to work. Maybe even have a time clock. Chakunk! I want to go home at fucking 5 o'clock. See my family. Maybe coach my kid's soccer team. Have normal friendships. Do things with my wife on the weekends. Go to other people's homes. Do couples activities. I don't mean in like a (laughs) swingery way. I worded that weirdly, but... That's what I want, man. Maybe the more accurate way to word that is that's what I wish I wanted. (laughs) And I know whatever. Whatever that normal job is that I wish I had or I wish I wanted. If I had that job, I would look at someone like me and I'd be like, that's the fucking life. That's the fucking life. That guy travels the world. That guy's been to fucking Cottage Grove and Coburg, Oregon. That guy travels the world telling jokes. That sounds badass. And you're right, hypothetical me in a different life. It is badass. But man, it's hard as fuck. love more than one thing at a time. What I liked about COVID, what I liked about delivering groceries for Walmart, and again, I was sad because my previous life had gone away. But what I liked about it is that it was simple. forced into a simple life by uh, circumstances and again I was really depressed but I'm not saying I want to go back to that but there was you know there was a simplicity to my life that uh, I'm missing a little bit right now at fucking midnight or whatever it is Monday morning or almost Monday morning so I'm right this got this got too sad I'm really not that sad I'm like I'm actually really grateful that I'm doing so much comedy because you know I didn't know if that was gonna be possible a couple years ago I'm just uh, just uh, I'm just trying to figure it out I'm trying to make some adjustments. I'm trying to, like, uh, schedule my life not from a position of desperation. And there's been times in my life where a blank calendar has filled me with great anxiety. 
you know, because uh, against better judgment, uh, I have tried to provide for my family with my uh, talent and jokes and lighters and t-shirts and uh, so that whole motivation of like if I don't fill the calendar we don't fucking eat that's like really kept me motivated and you know also giving me some anxiety <clears throat> but now I kind of have the opposite problem where I look at the calendar and it's so full I have anxiety and I go oh man I uh, that's too much and uh, when it gets too much I feel disconnected from uh, my family and specifically my wife and my kids too they don't seem to mind but I do you know, so it's not just getting disconnected from them, it's also getting disconnected from the part of me that is the most important part of me. The part of me that is a husband, that is a father. I am also a comedian, and it's always going to be this fight and balance uh, that never quite works out, but like when it's when it's too much comedy and it starts to make your home life feel weird you're like okay I'm out of whack I'm out of whack and I gotta uh, I gotta fix this before my wife leaves me and really makes life simpler <laughs> I'm, I'm exaggerating. There's been no talk of any leaving. I'm just, you know, it's a lot to put on someone else. It's a lot to, you know. My wife wants normal. Not to make it about gender, but I think in, in general, women want normal. She would love it if I was home every night at five. She would love it if I was home on the weekend. She would love it if I could <laughs> coach soccer and we could go to parties on the weekends like normal couples. She would love all that shit and why wouldn't she? What, if, what does she get out of this? You know? I mean, she supports me. She makes me, you know, when I told her I could go to the Comedy Cellar in New York, but it was going to be hard, and she's like, well, you have to. You know, she's the one who pushes me in the, at times. But it's, uh, it's a lot to ask of another person. Look, no matter what your job is, it's a lot to let. It's a lot to ask anyone else to share a life with you. Because let's be honest, you are a fucking disaster, whoever you are. much we should stay together long enough you find out all the worst things about me I do so yeah I always have to be gone some that's just a part of the thing you know but the reality is I'm always being offered gigs I say no more often than I say yes because I'm already booked. So I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be more selective. I'm just saying this to the world, and you happen to be listening. If you still are, and I don't blame you if you're not. This is what happens on the late night drives. I'm like, what's it all mean? I gotta fix my life. traveling right now there's a flu outbreak in my house so yeah anyway I'm not uh, 
I'm not like depressed. I'm not, you know, this isn't just like sad ramblings. I'm just, I'm just acknowledging I got to make some changes, man. This is, uh, and every level of, uh, every, every level of success brings more challenges, you know? I mean, really, really famous comedians probably spend very little time with their family. It's just when they do, it's in Hawaii in their own private villa. You know, I'm not Kevin Hart who went with The Rock to make a movie for three months. I'm a road comic who went to Las Vegas for seven days. So, you know, when Kevin Hart gets home, he buys his kids gold-plated scooters and rents out Disneyland for him. And I ask my kids if they want to go to the Costco snack bar. Where inflation has not affected the $1.50 hot dog yet. Although I don't eat those $1.50 Costco hot dogs. Not that they don't taste good. But if I eat one of those Costco hot dogs, I will have burps the rest of the day that could peel wallpaper. I mean, it's not good. I'm barely home enough to have an active sex life. It's going to be much less active when I have Costco $1.50 hot dog burps. Jesus, I feel weird about this one. I literally forgot I was recording for a while and I was just talking to myself, I think. Uh, anyway, come see me do comedy. I'm in uh, Kelso, Washington at the Kelso Theater Pub. I'm only mentioning that because it's a door deal, so I really want people to go. For all of my Longview Kelsoner listeners, Longview Kelso listeners, uh, at best two of you, but uh, uh, you know. Okay, goodbye.